0: Let's get into the message today, shall we? We are uh, we're in a series right now called the End Commandments, and I want to recap it, kind of set it up for for where we're at today, in case you've missed some of the weeks. And uh, uh, but the End Commandments, what, what it is, is Jesus comes on the scene. All right, he's born, he grows up, he starts a ministry, and uh, what he does essentially is changes everything. Now, now, I don't know if you like change. Most people don't like change. I think it's like 70% of the population. Just really, I like it the way it is. So he comes in and he changes one of the core things about everyone's life at the time, the Jewish traditions. I mean, he changes it all. And he really takes it from a rigid law where you do all of these things and and then you'll be in right standing with God. He removes all of that and he he creates this relational method. And people had problems with it. Eventually, it's one of the reasons why he died, and uh, it's because he changed a lot. But the Gentiles at the time, the early church, they didn't have a they didn't have a Bible. Okay, they didn't have Google or conferences. They just had the teachings that Jesus taught them, and uh, and, and a lot of these teachings were. They, they were nots, like don't do this, don't do that. And so we're taking the, some of those not commandments and we're putting them together and we're going to really discuss them. And so it's things like fear not, all right? doubt not, judge not, sin not was last week. And this week is probably the hardest. And let's all be honest about it. It's it's worry not. All right? Worry not. And immediately, imme- right, what do we do? Oh, come on, that's just impossible. All right? and, and it's true, it actually probably is impossible. I think Jesus kind of knew that. I think that's why we need him. All right, We need some help. The Ten Commandments in the Old Testament were a little bit easier to, uh, to, to attain, right? Come on, let's be honest. Murder. Don't murder. I recently haven't struggled with that temptation. Right? <laughs> I don't know if any of you have. Don't raise your hand if you have. All right. Don't want to know that right now. Too much information. But I, I really haven't struggled with that, and most people don't. But those are those big ones, right? And, and Jesus, he comes in and he's, he kind of raises the bars, what it is. It's harder to not worry than it is to not murder. Just my personal opinion. Maybe that's not the same way for you. It is for me, all right? So let's talk about murder. Let's not talk about the things that really get in my business. But that's what Jesus does is uh, he, he talks about worry. He says, don't worry. And so uh, I think the question I have about that is, is really can someone command somebody not to worry? Come on. Hey, man, stop fearing. You know, you need to just stop doubting. Those are, <laughs> it doesn't really do anything whenever you say, some, say that to somebody, right? Have you ever had somebody tell you something like that? And I say, man, that's easy for you to say, right? It's not just that easy. But I think the reason Jesus could say that is because Jesus knew something that we all know, but that most times we forget. Y'all get that? Like, we know the same thing that Jesus knows, but the, the problem is that we forget about it. And so he's, he's got to remind us about, hey, you forgot about this again, all right? And I, I kind of sum them up into five different questions. Number one is, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to anyone's life? Let me just answer that question to yourself. You worrying, has it ever added an hour to your life? Has it ever added an hour to your friend's life, to your parent's life, to your kid's life, to anything? course not, right? We know that. We know that. Number two, who of you by worrying has probably taken a year off of your life? <laughs> All right. You kind of smoked a little bit too much. You kind of drank a little bit too much. Too many pills. You know what I'm saying? You didn't sleep enough. Come on, man. I think one of the major problems today of health is just the fact that we don't rest well. Why? You sit down, you lay down, it's quiet. And guess what happens? You start thinking. That's why we need a little pill to help us go to sleep sometimes, you know? A little something, something. But all of that lifestyle, guess what it does, man? It sorry, is it it's a little something, something? Gotcha. But uh, it kind of it, it, it starts, what? It starts wearing on your physical body. It starts wearing on your physical body. Who of you, by wearing, is driving people in your life out of their minds. And everybody's like, mmm. I've been telling you that <laughs> you're driving me crazy. It's just you know the negative Nancy, the person that whenever you say something, they always have that that rebuttal, that negative comment back. It's like, hey man, did you hear about the good news? Yeah, but let me tell you, let me tell you what I think's gonna happen, and just you know, just thumbs down on the whole thing, right? Everybody hates that. Come on. I think the person that even says that still hates it. They hate that negative feel, but they, they just can't help it. Who of you by worrying has upgraded your wardrobe or reduced your grocery bill? <laughs> None of you. Man, I hope that, I hope that, I hope that, and then boom, it happens. And no, it doesn't just come out of thin air. But we worry about things thinking that somehow that's going to change it. We forget, right? We forget that it doesn't actually help anything. We forget that worrying about our grocery bill doesn't reduce it. It doesn't work like that. If it did, well, life might be easier. If we just thought about something a whole lot, and it just happened miraculously. That sounds sounds good. Number five, who of you by worrying has added value to what you value most? By worrying about something over and over and over, usually it's not the thing that you even value the most. And Jesus knows this and we know it, right? These are dumb questions if you really look at them, but obviously we forget them because we start worrying about these things. And so Jesus is going to teach us some stuff, all right? And this is the words of Jesus. So if I say something that you get mad at, don't get mad at me, all right? That's just a good deflection right there, you know? Talk to Jesus about it, man, because we're going to read straight up what Jesus says. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34 is where we're going to hang out today, okay? So if you get got Bible, you can go there. If you've got an app or whatever, you can go and, and read along. But Verse 25, it starts with this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Jesus immediately goes straight to the heart of the, of the matter, everyday life, immediately. He just goes, hey, stop worrying about your everyday life. And then he gives us some examples. Your food, your clothes, what you're going to wear, right? He sums it up into a word really we can use as tomorrow, as our future. He says, stop worrying about your future so much. Stop worrying about these little things that eat away who you are, because really they don't, they don't matter that much. I mean, we think they matter a lot. I mean, that's what we're consumed with, right? Our everyday life, our money, retirement. I mean, man, I think about retirement a lot. I'm like, man, I'm doing this now. I'm 31 years old. What's going to happen? And I mean, where are things going to be at in 30 four years or, or, man, I mean, I'm putting my money here. Is that the right place to put it? Guess what? I start worrying about something that's like 30 something years away. So I can literally spend every single day worrying about something that it's, it's not going to change anything. I'm not talking about wisdom today. I'm talking about worry. We all believe in wisdom. Wisdom is a principle of God. Let's all use our heads. Okay. Don't go spend your money somewhere that you you shouldn't. That's just, hey, come on. Let's do addition. But there's a difference between having wisdom and planning and having worry, and that's what we're really going to talk about, and that's what Jesus really separates. And then he says in verse 26, I mean 25, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Basically, isn't your life more than all of those petty things? Life has got to be about more, and if it's not about more than just those things, life stinks. Come on. What's this thing about? If literally my life is built on just planning for retirement, ugh. I mean, there's no value in that, am I right? I saw this picture earlier this week that I brought with me, I want to show you guys. You you, all can go ahead and put it up there. Still me, there it is, here we go. This is why the dog is happier. Now, if you notice, you got the guy sitting on a bench. And he's thinking about like a car and a plane and maybe traveling and and his house and, you know, groceries and all this kind of stuff. And he's all wrapped up in those thoughts, right? And what's the dog doing? Why is the dog happier? The dog's sitting there like, this is awesome. I'm just sitting here with my owner and uh, my human. Is that what they call it? (laughs) My human. Some of you guys have seen that before. But I'm sitting here with my human and maybe he's got some cheese or something. This is just great, right? (laughs) Totally relaxed, totally at ease. But the guy's sitting there and he can't enjoy just sitting there with his dog on a bench looking at whatever they're looking at, you know. He can't enjoy that. Why? Because he's wrapped up in all these other things. And when I saw that, I really saw a picture of worry. And I saw I saw like a Tuesday night, 7.30. You know, if you got some kids, maybe the kids, they're done eating, they're done doing their homework. They're all bathed up, washed up, right? They're about to go to bed in a few minutes and, and they're just chilling out. And there's these, these moments where... You're just together, and you're relaxed, and it's good. It really is. Yeah, stuff might have happened, but it's just, it's a good time, right? But yet, what what happens sometimes? We're thinking about what's coming up tomorrow. We're thinking about the big thing that's happening next week, and we're worrying about if it's going to pan out. We're worrying about all these things that really, whenever you, if you really put yourself on your deathbed at that moment, all those things wouldn't matter at all. They're fickle, they're petty, but we allow those petty things to overshadow the awesome moment that we're in. And it fogs our vision and it and it it messes with our emotions. And then guess what we do? Sometimes we're we're stressed out or we're worrying about something that doesn't matter as much, and then we abuse the very thing that we should really be paying attention to at the moment. How many times have you done it? I just did it this past week. All right, I was trying to talk to me. I was like, stop, I'm doing something. And it was, what was it? It was like a, I don't know, a bill or something. It, you know, at that moment, it, she's never going to be four again. So why am I so freaked out about what I'm doing at that moment whenever she wants to show me, like, I don't know, it's probably a tutu or something like that. <laughs> it's something like, but it's an awesome moment. But I'm not going to be able to see that because why? I'm worrying about something that don't matter. Jesus is putting this in pers- into perspective for us. He's, he's trying to prioritize things and show us what's up. The next verse, he says this, look at the birds, to which everyone that's sitting there all like in philosophical mode are like, you know, like look at the birds. OK. He's, he, you got to imagine Jesus is like on a hill with a bunch of people. And he's like, just looking for something. Like, Guys, look at the birds. Look at them right now. All right, so all of you in this room, don't look at the birds. There's none in here, okay? But look at the birds. Verse 26. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Immediately, he basically says, look, these birds are flying around. They can't prepare for tomorrow. All right? They're not saving for retirement right now, okay? They're not worrying about all that. You can You can prepare for tomorrow. That's actually something that we got one up on the birds about, right? We can plan for tomorrow. He says, but they don't even do that, yet your heavenly father feeds them. And the word feed, it's present tense. I love that. Present tense feeds, actively involved in supplying the needs for the birds. And he's like, I mean, immediately he makes the connection. Like, come on, guys, you're worth more than a bird, right? You're worth more than a bird. 27 says this, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Again, something that everybody in the crowd obviously knew, but that we forget, we lose sight of, because we get so you know, involved in the here and now that we lose sight of that. We lose sight of it. Verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? This is for all the ladies in the room. <laughs> Just be honest. What is the big deal with the clothes? You know, it's very important. Obviously, my wife thinks they're very important this morning, <laughs> trying to get ready. The shoes, what was, I mean, we almost, we almost had a, just a, uh, an atomic explosion about these shoes that she bought. She's like, well, that's what I get for paying 10 bucks for these shoes. So she didn't wear them. I was like, whatever. I just went and put on my semi. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, I did. <laughs> Well, I didn't worry about him, so it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't quite that, it wasn't that bad. So for a moment, I was distracted and then I I was like, Jesus, I repent. And I (laughs) know, but that's like where life is at most of the time. It's just a shoe or a piece of clothing, right? He says, why worry about clothing? And he says, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't worry or make their clothing. I mean, Jesus is really just setting the bar high. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. People are just like, I thought I, thought I was going to get a better sermon than this today, you know? <laughs> I could have looked at the birds at home. And, uh, but he's like, look at the lilies. God clothes them. And then he says, verse 29, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Solomon was a very rich person, very rich king, and had everything that he could possibly imagine. And yet Jesus puts it, hey, man, look, even the stuff that he had wasn't as good as what Jesus, as what God does for his creation every single day. Every single day. Verse 30, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So Jesus is starting to really whittle this conversation down to the heart of the matter. Now, if you do a little research on what Jesus says here, like all the Greek words and all that kind of stuff, it's almost kind of like Jesus is joking with him a little bit. A lot of times we read scripture and it's always Jesus sounding like Charlton Heston, of course. It's always Charlton Heston, you know. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, you know, why do you have so little faith? That's how we picture Jesus talking. But Jesus, he connected with people. He knew where people were at. And so really what he says right here is, is, come on, little faithers. Little guys, why are you so worried about all this stuff? You know, And it's not this heavy moment. It's more of like a moment of, Yeah, you're right. You know, why do you have such little faith? Like, what's the deal with this? Little faith, little trust, and that's really the heart of the issue. Can we be honest? Whenever I'm worrying, usually it has to do with the fact that I'm just really not trusting God. And we're gonna work through this. We're gonna work through this thought. But you got to start with. You got to be honest. Okay, let's all, let's all be honest today. I think that's extremely important. I know that I might say something and immediately you have this rebuttal, this thought that comes back and says, yeah, but, but you don't know. I understand all that. I'm, I'm the same way. Okay, but for, for a little while, can we put all that aside and just look at scripture and read it for, and, and hear the words of Jesus? All right, verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? He says, don't do this. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. That's the next verse, verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And if, and if, you, if you know the other version that we read a lot, of, he calls the unbelievers pagans. He says, this is what pagans run after. And really those two words mean the same thing. It's just people that don't trust or know God. People that don't trust or know God. Now, I think all the laughing might have stopped right there because at that moment, Jesus just set the bar up. He's like, why do you have such a little faith? Ha, ha, ha. No, no, seriously, why? Why do you worry about that? Because people that, that's what people that don't believe or trust in God have issues with. So why do you, my disciples, have issues with that? What's, what's the deal Why do you trust me with maybe your eternal soul, but you don't trust me with the food on your plate? Right? I think it's because we like to be in control. We like to be in control of what's going on in our lives. Let's be honest. We do. I like calculated decisions. I like things that make sense. And if I can't see what's on the other side of something, what do I do? I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. You know, I got to know that I know that I know. And this is where we start seeing a little bit of a difference between worry and fear. See, fear fear is something that grips you and paralyzes you. fear, Fear causes you not to go to the next place in life because you're scared. It keeps you back. Worry though, worry distracts. Worry distracts you from what really matters. It's the little things, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, right? We know all these cliches, but when it comes down to it, we have trouble following through. Worry distracts us from where we're really supposed to be. And Jesus is putting all of this right in in perspective for all of us. And he says in verse 32, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. We just sang this a while ago. That is a faith statement. That is a faith statement. God knows what I need. And so I'm going to say it to you. God knows what you need. Do you believe that? Do, do you actually believe that? I think a lot of times we don't believe it. And you know why? It's because the way that we act it's the way that we think. That actually says what we believe and what we think. Our actions do. Do I really actually trust God with my belongings, with my health, with my, with my money? Am I really actually trusting him? And I think it's this statement I want to read. We don't trust that God will be there for us tomorrow. And so we drag the unknown of tomorrow into today. We reach ahead. We grab the worries for tomorrow. We pull them into today. I guess we just think that, yeah, God's with me now, but I don't know if he'll be with me in the future. This is why it's so easy for somebody to be completely consumed in worry and you wouldn't even know it talking to them. This is why this is a hard thing to talk about. It's not so public. It's more internal. It's more something that you deal with, that you struggle with, but you can still smile through. And Jesus is bringing it right to the surface. So now I want to talk to you about the alternative. I want to talk to you about the other side because I believe this is the antidote for worry. And it starts in verse 33. He starts it off by saying, seek the kingdom of God. Now, what we're going to learn here is seek means run after or be consumed by. This is what Jesus is telling us to be consumed with. This is what Jesus is saying, hey, worry about this because all of this that I'm about to say matters. All right, so let's put everything aside and let's just say, let's see what Jesus says here. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He says these are the two things that you should really, really care about and really, really put a lot of your focus on, be consumed by, run after, seek with all that you got, first of all is the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. How many days of the week do you wake up thinking about the kingdom of God? How many days do you wake up praying, God, what what do you want me to do to advance your kingdom in in the realm of influence that I have? That's kingdom minded. Let's, and if we can just be honest, odds are that not all of us wake up with that type of prayer, okay? Let's kind of put the facade down for a second. <laughs> I believe that if every Christian woke up every single day with that type of passion, I'm including me in this, by the way, if we really woke up with that type of passion, I believe that it would be an impossibility for our cities to stay the same. We wouldn't necessarily have to plan a serve day event. It would just be what we do Because we would have the eyes of Jesus. We'd have the kingdom mindedness operating in us every day. And that's not a knock, okay? That's not like a, like, I'm just saying, let's be real. I mean, I know that I pass people all the time that really have more need than I have, and I don't meet those needs, even though I have the ability to meet those needs. Why? Because I'm distracted. I got places to go. I've already made my mobile order on my Starbucks, and if I don't get there soon, it's gonna get cold, so I gotta go get, you know what I'm saying? Hey, guys, that's where we live. All right, we always want to make things big and super spiritual like it's some giant thing. And most of the time, it's just those little things in life that distract us from the call of God that has been placed upon us. So let's be honest about these things. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Live righteously. This should be one of the things that keeps us up at night. God, am I right before you? Is my life bringing you honor and glory? Are the words that I'm saying, the thoughts that I have, are they lining up with, your, with what you have for me? Or am I doing my own thing? Deception is a slow roll. It's a slow thing that happens. It's a daily process that you just begin to back away from living righteously. You begin to back away from knowing God. And eventually, you're, you're doing things that are completely like, what? I can't believe I'm here. Why am I doing this? Well, I I quit seeking the kingdom of God. I quit seeking to live righteously. I quit putting myself before God and repenting of my sin and, and asking for him to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I quit doing that. And at some point I lost my way. It's a slow process. But Jesus says, this is what you should really be focusing on, living righteously. And then he says this, when you're doing that, he will give you everything you need. You do those two things. And then all the other stuff that you care so much about, that you don't need to, that you're worrying about so much, that is just a byproduct. That's just, that's just like God taking care of the birds. That's like God taking care of the flowers. You're gonna have everything you need. Quit worrying about it. I was just listening to a guy yesterday. Uh, he's a worship leader and, he, and he, was, he was talking to a bunch of young people. And, and, and here he is, he's, tra- he's traveling all over the nation. He's doing all these great things and people know his songs and it's on the radio, blah, 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 right? This is what he was saying. He said, a lot of people are chasing, trying to get where I'm at. But they don't realize that I never was wanting to do this. Like, I wasn't trying to get to this place. I was just chasing Jesus. I just wanted to know him more. I just wanted to be in his presence. And just a byproduct of that was people invited me to go play at their churches, and and they invited me to come sing places. And it just kind of happened, you know? And that sounds so unrealistic, because we're like, no, you must have done this. No. He's like, i just seeking God and God elevated me. I didn't ask for all this. He was truly living life for Jesus and God elevated him because he saw his heart. I talked to a guy earlier this week here at the church and, and you know what? His life, where it's at right now, financially, where he's living, all those things that, that we all worry about are not where we would all want it to be. It's not where he wants it to be. He's in a, in a, a very tough time of life right now. And I'm talking to him. And, and the more that we talk, he starts really preaching this message back to me, all right? Because I'm studying Matthew 6 and, and thinking about worry and, and the trappings of life. And, and he's talking, and everything that I just read is in question for him, is in question. But he said this, he said, but I'm not worried. He said, I have peace in my heart that I am where God wants me to be. And I know that he's going he's to he's take care of me. And I was like, dude, you're encouraging me right now. (laughs) You know, I was like, you're preaching back to me, bro. I'm preaching this this week. I'm talking about that. And everything that I'm talking to you right now, he was going through actively, but he had a peace in his heart. It was awesome. Whenever we've got the right mindset, we can walk through very dark times and still have hope and still have peace. It takes work. It's not easy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not reducing this down to a statement, but it is a process. See, you might be worrying right now, and you start doing some things, make some changes, and then tomorrow, it's like, well, I'm still worrying. Look back in a year. Look back in five years and see the progression. I'm telling you, because we, our mind has to be renewed, all right? That's where you've got to reach and some grass, some other scriptures, and oh, okay, it starts making sense. It's a renewal. It's a process that God had us on, has us on. So I believe this part right here, verse 34, is really the pinnacle idea for today, I believe this is where everything kind of comes to a point. And it's where Jesus relabels everything that we're going through. So right now, I want you to, I want you to take the thing that you're worrying about. Take the things that are really uh, uh, absorbing all of your emotions and your passion and your energy, the things that keep you up at night. I want you to put it in your mind right now, OK? Ready? And let's read verse 34. It says, so don't worry about, and right here is a fill in the blank. I want you to place that thought, I want you to place it in that fill in the blank. So don't worry about where my kids are going to go to school at. Don't worry about, is my retirement going to work out? Don't worry about my car. Don't worry about my clothes. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about if that deal is going to go through just the way I want it. I'm not going to worry today about, are my kids going to turn out right? I'm not going to worry about all that. Put all that right there. And that's what Jesus labels tomorrow. Tomorrow. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Because really, that's what it is. If you sum it all up and you put it all together, it all has to do with tomorrow. It all has to do with the future. And really, it all has to do with trust. Verse 34 goes on and says, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is Jesus talking, y'all. Jesus basically at that moment says, today it just is what it is, man. (laughs) It just is what it is. Things are the way they are, and there's no need to worry about how it's going to be tomorrow. Today's, uh, you got enough issues today, right? Things sometimes, they just are where they are. And we need to hear that because in in a day and age that we live in, we're so calculated. And we're so like, man, I, look, me and my wife, that's one of the things that happens with it. I'm a problem solver. So if like something happens, she's telling me something immediately, I'm like, well, we just need to do this and this and this, but well, we just, and she's like, stop. I don't want to hear that right now. Just let me say this thing, you know, we want to, we want to solve problems. And so if something's not hundred percent, what do we do? We try to put our hands all over it. We try to make it happen. And Jesus is like, lay off that. Now, everything in scripture has balance, so like I said earlier, there's wisdom. There's wisdom on the other side of worry, okay? We always, I think if we make good choices, I think that uh, that's also part of this journey, all right, of Christianity. So we don't, <clears throat> we don't sow things, and then whenever the harvest comes, say, God, would you produce a miracle, <laughs> all right? I think that's where some people are at. They, they make really bad choices, and they live a really bad life, and then they want God to miraculously change it, and it's, you know, so then we're worrying about things that, That's because that's something, that's the bed that we made. Y'all got me? You understand? So there's a balance in everything, but God restores everything. God has a a great way of healing things. And we we need wisdom, but we don't need to worry. And I want to make a statement here. It says this, your father is here with you today, and he'll be there for you tomorrow. Your father is here for you today, and he'll be there for you tomorrow. And kind of just think about that for a moment. Because I want to ask you two questions about this statement. Number one, what would happen if you actually believed that? Okay, now I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know that there's many people in this room right now who maybe you're not a believer in Christ, okay? You don't actually believe in what I'm saying right now. So I understand that. And others of you, you don't just take things at face value. I don't. I read a statement and I'm like, yeah, let me think about that, right? But for a moment, Can we put all that aside? Can you put your unbelief aside? Can you put your doubt aside? Put all that aside real quick. And let's just imagine that we actually believe that our Father is with us today and he'll be there with us tomorrow. What takes place in your heart, in that moment, in your mind? What takes place? Relief? Maybe peace? Maybe joy? I think we could say the fruit of the Spirit Because if God is with us today and he's with us tomorrow, there's a lot of things that we worry about that we don't have to. And immediately all those emotions of frustration and fear and all that is replaced immediately with joy and peace. It's like God's got this. This isn't a mental exercise, guys. This is the word of God that's alive, that changes us. Whenever he says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Something happens whenever you do that. So what would happen if you believe that? Number two, why not believe it? Why not believe that? Well, you might have some rebuttals, right? Like, that's absurd. You know, that, that's, like I said, a mental exercise, right? Just a thing that you do to kind of fill the time to make you feel better in the moment. It's absurd. Maybe some of you, it's a fearful thing. It's like a, well, I don't know if God's actually going to come through. Right, we're gripping it, we're holding on to something and we're like, I don't know if God's actually going to do what he said he's going to do. There's been other things in my life that really didn't work out the way I thought. I I prayed about it, but it just didn't. uh, I don't know if it's going to work out. Well, I want to take another scripture and kind of put it in right here and and change a couple of the wording. It's to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. What if we put in worry? Trust in your worry with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and acknowledge your worry and, and worry will direct your path. That's absurd, am I right? <laughs> that's absurd. We know that's not gonna work because that's really what we do a lot of the time. And we know that's not gonna change anything. It's not gonna come through. So the question is, why worry? What's the point? See, worry is, is useless and worry is fruitless. It does produce a type of fruit, but it's not a fruit that you want. See, worry grows Worry doesn't stay in one area of your life. If you worry about your finances, eventually you'll worry about your kids. Eventually you'll worry about all sorts of things and you worry, 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 and it grows. And then you have a lifestyle of worry. And really the problem with that is that there's no trust in God. And Jesus hits on this again, John 14. He's about to to go and he's about to die. He's at his last supper. He's talking to his disciples. And John 14, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Now he's saying, I'm about to go die. He's already told them all of these things. And can you imagine the questions that they're having, this person that they follow, that they've given everything they have. They've seen all these crazy things, these miracles, all this stuff. And they, they, they get to the feel like something bad's about to happen, right? He's like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. He's like, you trust in God, trust in me. He's like, I'm going to carry you. But that problem is Trust. That problem is trust in God, and it comes down to that. Do I trust God or don't I? So with all this said, let's talk about some ways to overcome this, shall we? <laughs> all right, let's just not stay in this moment because everything that Jesus did is, is to give us a hope and a future, to give us a victory for redemption. And so I want to talk about three actions to overcome worry. Y'all ready? Get your pen ready. Get your, your iPhone ready. All right. Because if you're a worrier, then you don't want to stay a worrier. Am I right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I sometimes I have those epiphanies where I like step back from my worry and I realize that what I'm worrying about doesn't matter. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We're like... You, it's, it's nine o'clock at night, you're about to go to bed and something happens and you start worrying about it. And then you get up the next day and then you think about the very same thing and you're like, that wasn't that big of a deal at all. Why was I feeling so, you know? Lack of trust in God. I want, my, my, I want trust in God to be my first reaction when something hits me. You with me, first reaction. So how do we get this? Three action steps to overcome worry. Number one is to declare your trust. Number one, declare your trust. And this is talking about prayer. Declaring where your hope comes from. See, worry is, worry is like prayer in reverse. Worry makes problems bigger. Prayer makes problems smaller. And for you Christians, you know what I'm talking about. Whenever there's something that's happening in your life and you really truly take it and you give it to God, and that's not a cliche, but whenever you really take it and you submit it to God, you pray over that thing, what happens? It's like everything just comes into focus. The bigness of that issue is not so big anymore. But what happens whenever you take that and you text somebody else and you start talking, talking, talking and worrying and worrying, what happens? It just explodes into this gigantic situation and it takes over your day, takes over your family, it just takes over. Because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing biblically. God says, cast all your cares, bring it to me, pray. Don't you know that I'm with you? Don't you know that I know you're forgetting some things. Declare your trust. Number two is to relabel your worry. We did that earlier. Every time from now on that you guys, all right, you hit something, all right, it's going through your mind over and over and over, I want you to call it your tomorrow. I want you to relabel it tomorrow. I want you to pray. God, I, I trust you with my tomorrow. I truly trust you with my tomorrow. I'm going to do what I know to do, right? I'm going to be faithful in Use wisdom. But God, over any of that, I trust you for my tomorrow. Number three, I want you to participate in what God is doing today. Perfect example is Serve Day yesterday. We went out and we served our community. Now, let me ask you a question. As you were serving, were you fretting and worrying about your issues? No, at least I wasn't. I was, I was playing guitar and singing for some, some older people that, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago were running this country. They were serving in our military, they were doing great things. They were my age, you know. And now they're at the very end of their life. Uh, played and sang for some people who were going blind. And man, I tell you this, can I be honest? It was so fulfilling to play and sing songs with hope where you actually, I mean, like you feel the people just absorbing that hope. You feel them absorbing that. It was amazing. All the little things that I'm dealing with just all of a sudden don't matter. Why? Perspective. Perspective. So declare your trust, relabel your worry and get busy about doing things for the kingdom of God. Then you won't have time. You won't have time. You'll have proper perspective and ultimately you'll trust in your God that he will do what he said he's gonna do. Amen? Let me pray for all of you in this room today. Come on, God. Father, we're coming before you. God, we're seeking you. God, you, you know every heart in this room right now. You know every life every situation that's presently happening. God, some are are way more serious than others. But Lord, for all of us, a lot of those things are just our tomorrow. And God, it's it's created a a lifestyle of worry and panic and chaos. And and God, what happens is we just get distracted. We're no longer thinking about your kingdom. We're no longer seeking you, but we're all just... We're just involved in the things that are right before us. And God, I pray that right now, in all of our hearts and in all of our lives, God, that you would just focus in on us and help us to focus in on what matters. God, we label all of those things right now that are our tomorrow, we label it tomorrow. And God, we say that we trust you with it. Lord, I trust you with my finances. God, I trust you with my future. I trust you with my kids, with my marriage, with my belongings. I give it to you, Lord. I will do my part, but God, I trust that you will be there for me tomorrow. Some of you in this room today, you've, you haven't trusted God with the most important thing in your life, and that's your heart. It's your soul. You haven't really truly given him everything. We call it being born again. We call it being saved. It's a moment in your life where you recognize that Jesus is real, that he loves you, and that Jesus died on a cross to pay the price, the ultimate penalty for all of our sins, that he died for that, that he shed his blood for that and you've never recognized that and received that into your own life, and you know you just haven't had that moment. Maybe you've had some religious experiences where you've showed up to church a few times, but you know it hasn't gone out with you and changed your life, but that's what Jesus wants to do today. He wants you to choose Him. He's already chosen you. He wants you to choose Him, to follow Him, and He wants to come into your life and He wants to change you. He wants to renovate everything that's going on inside of your heart give you hope, give you a future. And what we're gonna do is if that's you and you realize today's your day, today now is my moment to choose Jesus. I'm gonna say a prayer. I want you to include yourself in on this prayer right now. Say, God, I come before you, God, with all my baggage, with all my good successes, with all my horrible failures, with all of it, God, I just, I come and I just bring it to you, God. And Lord, I ask you to to give me your righteousness, God, that I would be in right standing before you, God. And Lord, I know it's not based on on who I am and, and what I've done, but God, it's based on what Jesus has done. And so Lord, I just recognize that right now. God, I ask for you to fill my life with your presence, to fill my heart with your goodness. God, I repent of my sin, I turn to you, as everything, God, that you supply my every need. And God, I I just commit all that I am to live a life that brings you honor and glory. God, would you take my rags right now? Would you take my effort? Would you take all my intellect and everything that I've put value on? God, would you just give me you? you? Just give me your presence. I submit my heart to you in Jesus' name, amen, amen.
1: If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website northwood.tv for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today.